It's time for another episode of Transfer Thursday. Woody Womack with Mike Farrell. Mike, the transfer portal sort of grinded to a halt. Not a ton going on, but there was one big news item this week. Dante Lucas, former Rivals 100 offensive lineman, guy who dominated a ton of our events. He hits the. He doesn't hit the portal officially. He says he's leaving. We have to assume he's going to be in there uh, as soon as that paperwork's submitted. What went wrong for him uh, at Florida State? There's a lot of talk about attitude, um, you know, not buying into the system. I, I don't know. He's their off, their offensive line isn't very good, and he's the highest ranked kid in that. I think it was the 2019 class, and he's a very physical football player. So you know they could use him. Uh, so I'm assuming it has to be, you know, more non-field stuff, you know, uh, whether he and Norvell didn't see eye to eye or he didn't buy into the system or whatever, but extremely talented kid from South Florida. It wouldn't surprise me at all if a Miami immediately jumped on him. Um, but the portal's slow now because now you jump in, you got to wait. Um, you can't play immediately. The season started. And, you know, I think a kid like this can wait a couple of weeks to get in the portal and then really take his time with his options, but he'll be recruited by everybody. He's a talent. I mean, you remember in camps, <laughs> he just was so aggressive and dirty, dirty actually. And, and I liked it. I loved every bit of it. And I remember a few of our coworkers were like, Oh my gosh, he's so dirty. Yeah. He would like be on the whistle and, and he would step on a kid's head. It didn't matter. I love him. He would show you know, the famous picture where he earned the nickname, the Pope because it looks like he's baptizing a kid because he got his hand around their neck, slamming them into the ground. So it was, <laughs> that was his big move. Remember? Right. Yeah. He that was his go. first move is like a, you know, uh, back up and then choke. It was awesome. So he played 500 snaps in 2019, 500 snaps in 2020, and he played 78 so far this year. He struggled as a run blocker, which is surprising. And he's done this year, especially really well as a pass blocker. He's one of their best pass blockers. So I think, like you said, I mean, my, he's from down, down in South Florida. Miami should try to get him there as soon as possible. I, I'm assuming they will. And maybe the attitude problems that have been rumored, maybe those are fixed with the fresh start because the, you heard from a lot of people at Florida State that one of the problems they had last year was the guys that were there didn't buy in to Norvell. Yeah. And that's why they kind of wanted a clean house. I think you'll see Auburn, too, get involved here. I mean, they're thin along the offensive line. Things have gone well offensively for them so far against two pretty bad opponents. But um, I think you'll see this weekend that they need some depth at offensive line. And, and he's a guy that I think also – you know, anybody who recruits that South Florida area, which is everybody, <clears throat> if it's not going to be the Canes, it's probably going to be an SEC school. So keep an eye on Auburn there as well. Okay, another guy who hit the portal, or actually hit the portal this week, former four-star James Graham, signed with Georgia Tech out of high school because they were the one, be the ones who gave him a chance to play quarterback. We ranked him as an athlete. Uh, Michigan really liked him as a defensive back. He, When the coaching change happened, at Georgia Tech, you know, he was an option quarterback. He decides to transfer to Georgia Southern because ideally he would play quarterback. They moved him to receiver. Yeah. He had no stats in 2020. And now he's back looking for school number three. Is there an option team left out there in Power Five? In the service academies. You know, if, if, yeah. if he's not going to the service academies, I can tell you that much. But, uh, 
you know, I mean, he's he was great fit for what what they did at Georgia Tech. Um, and he, I don't know why. Maybe there's a f- refusal to play defense. But as you mentioned, there was a lot of interest in him as a defensive back because of his size and his speed. So I think he might be forced to play defensive back. Um, he's got SEC, ACC level talent. Um, I don't think he's going to land in the Power Five. Uh, I think he's going to stay in the Group of Five area. Um, and I don't really know many Group of Five teams that are running option or, or, or building an offense around a player like him. So I think he's going to have to find a home where he's willing to play D back or they're actually going to play him a wide receiver. Yeah, go play defensive back and make it to the NFL. You know what I mean? That's how you're shot. Make money. Make yeah, exactly. Six-foot-one cornerbacks are rich. Six-foot-one wide receivers are a dime a dozen. Right, exactly. So what do I know? Hopefully he finds the, the place where I was wrong. He was he was on Georgia Tech's roster in 2020, which I didn't even realize. Which is crazy. He played three years there, you know, yeah. and he got some time at, at quarterback. He had some uh, interesting rushing stats. His passing stats weren't great, but, you know, he got some time in the triple option and that, but I don't know. No good. All right. Uh, our portal alum of the week, none other than Oregon's Anthony Brown. This is a guy who has been in college football forever. He's a 60-year senior, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, recruit, I, I, I covered him in 2004 out of New Jersey. Wait, 2004? No, I'm just making a joke. I mean, he's been around for a very long time. He remind, I think he was with the Brian Cushing, Brian Toll classes back in the early 2000s. That's how long he's been around. I mean, this kid's been around for – he's got to be on year seven. 2016. So it would be 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Sixth year. Wow. Five, five, three star. Tore his ACL twice. Went to Oregon last year and was a total afterthought. And when Tyler Shug transferred – Oregon was mad. I mean, if you remember, it was a surprise. They were mad. But Brown comes out, holds off a, a talented trio of freshmen to win the job. And week one against Fresno State, he did not look great. Um, now week two against Ohio State looked amazing. I had complete faith in him. Um, I know you did not after the Fresno State no. game. Um and I had written something the week before that Anthony Brown's better than people think he is and all this other stuff. And then he came out and struggled against Fresno state and he ended up winning it with his legs. So for him to have this performance against Ohio state where he was mistake free, you know, made every pass he needed to make <clears throat> precise, accurate, and also extended the play and ran when he needed to uh, and pulled off that upset. It's about leadership. It's about experience. Um, this is a kid who's overcome so many different things, two injuries, uh, I believe they were ACLs to both knees, different knees. And and there's a there's a certain positive person up in Eugene who was very confident in this guy's ability. Uh, and that's the head coach. You know, Mario Cristobal felt that this guy had something special and and he loved the leadership of of Anthony Brown. And we saw it. You know, I mean, sometimes you're not as talented as the opposing quarterback. C.J. Stroud won the Elite 11, and it was a four-star kid, but this he he was outplayed by Anthony Brown. All right, so big win for the Ducks, big game for him. We'll be back next week with another edition of Transfer Thursday, hopefully with some more action, Mike, in the portal. We should be firing up. We got games three and four coming up. I'm going to start, you know, yeah, I'll just start make, tra- making up rumors. Kids going to the portal. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. Yep.
Woody Womack and Mike Farrell back with another round of picks. Mike, our season records. I am 27 and 22 after going 12 and 9 last week, and you are 25 and 24 after going 11 and 10. So we're hovering above 500. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. Let's get into the picks. Start off with a game that everyone has suddenly wanted to write about a game from 50 years ago. Nebraska at Oklahoma. Oh, remember the matchup of whoever and whatever. It's like, look, I'm 40 years old and I don't care. So forget <laughs> Oklahoma 22 point favorite. What do you think? I care. Tom Osborne and Barry Switzer going at it again. I'm taking Oklahoma 22 and also give me the over. I think Oklahoma is going to drop 50 on Nebraska of themselves. So give me, give me uh, Oklahoma laying 22. I actually like both of those picks, too, which is never a good sign to start with the over. Not for you. Not for you. And moving on, New Mexico at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, a 29.5-point favorite. Uh, I'm taking New Mexico. Um, Terry Wilson is on fire. Uh, he, he was amazing last week, and Zach Calzada is not good. So a and is going to, you know, have a tremendous defense. They'll try to run the ball, but they're, they're definitely going to – New Mexico is going to stay within 30 points of this. Yeah, I bet Texas A&M wishes they had Terry Wilson. Uh, yes. He would actually be a really good fit in their offense. Uh, I'm going to take New Mexico, too. Texas A&M just isn't built to blow anybody out, so I don't think they're covering a 29 and a half points. That's ridiculous. Uh, next up, uh, number eight, Cincinnati. Continues to be ranked in the top 10 <laughs> despite struggling with Murray State last week. Uh, they are at Indiana. So who's a home underdog who do you like mike i like cincinnati uh i'm gonna ride that that horse till it lets me down and the the over under is 49.5 now michael penix has been horrible desmond ritter is up and down but he's been pretty good this season but i, I you know you got to assume these two teams are going to score more than 50 and I, I like cincinnati to cover the four on the road yeah, the horse let you down last week because they didn't cover against Murray State. So. <laughs> I don't even know who Murray State is. I know they're the racers, but I don't care. I like Cincinnati. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Indiana. Panix hopefully is healthy, and uh, they will win. Oh, that is that game. his excuse? That's the yeah. excuse he's not healthy. Number 15, Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia, a home dog. I think I put it wrong on the graphic here. No, you no. West Virginia's favored. Oh, okay. Yeah. Home By dog. three. So yeah. here's a trap line of all trap lines, right? There's no way on earth West Virginia should be favored by three over a two and Virginia tech team that beat North Carolina. So I'm taking West Virginia. There, there's a, this reeks of somebody knowing something that I don't know. So give me West Virginia and I'll lay the field goal. Yeah. I'm going to take West Virginia as well. Coastal Carolina at Buffalo, Buffalo getting 14 points uh, at home. Yeah, uh, no. Coastal Carolina, they're going to score probably 45 on Buffalo and take the over 57 and a half. Give me Buffalo. You don't just walk into Buffalo, <laughs> whatever the name of their stadium is. And you don't? Game. No, you don't. <laughs> I think uh, you do. <laughs> Michigan State at somehow ranked number 24. Man, what a horrible over. Give me a break. Okay. All right. So Michigan State should – in my mind, should not be 2-0, right? I didn't think they were that, that this good a football team, but Peyton Thorne has been much better than I expected. Kenneth Walker's awesome. I didn't think they would make a bowl game, but I, I look at this and I'm like, Miami at home laying six against the 2-0 team, 
that can run the ball down your throat. Give me Michigan State taking six. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Miami just to fade you, and just because I I I my instincts tell me to go with you, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Miami. You no, know, that's smart. Go the opposite of me is smart. Northern Illinois at Michigan, uh, Michigan, 27 and a half point favorite. Yeah, give me Northern Illinois. They're not good. Remember, their quarterback's Rocky Lombardo. Remember him? Um, yes. They're not good, but Michigan's offense isn't going to blow anybody out. 27 and a half is ridiculous. It's Harbaugh, you know, run left, run right, run up the middle. Don't trust my quarterbacks, and they'll grind out a victory probably by three touchdowns, but Northern Illinois will cover. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan just because when J.J. McCarthy comes into garbage time, he's trying to score. So uh, I'm going to take them there. Purdue at another horribly overrated team. Number 12, Notre Dame. Uh, who do you like, Mike? Uh, 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 I like Notre Dame. I mean, uh, they're laying a touchdown here. Purdue has David Bell. They could throw the ball around a little bit. But I, I like Notre Dame to actually make a statement here in state rivalry and actually win this football game by maybe 10, 14 points. I'm going to take Purdue, and they're going to have twenty to 25,000 fans at the game. So watch them take over. Uh, Touchdown Jesus is going to have a Purdue jersey on because Notre Dame, they didn't sell out their stadium last week. So that's going to have a hat. He's going to have a Boilmaker's hat. (laughs) Uh, Number one, Alabama at Florida. Uh, Florida, a 14.5 point underdog. Okay. Uh, Bet your mortgage house and everything you own on Alabama to cover this 14 and a half line. Uh, Florida, you're going to see a lot more of Anthony Richardson than you've seen before. If he's healthy, he's got a hamstring issue. The defense has been playing well, but they cannot hang with this Alabama team. Alabama is going to defeat them by more than 14 and a half and also take the over 59 and a half. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to take Alabama as well. Alabama first half is the bet that I go with every week, and it rarely fails to produce I think it was like nine and two last year or something in the regular season. Uh, let's go quickly on some of these other ones. Yep. Kansas State at Iowa, Iowa, a 23 point favorite. I'm going to take Iowa to cover. I am as well. Georgia Tech going to number six Clemson, Clemson, 28 and a half point favorite. I'm going to take Clemson. I think that they, they really need to get DJ, uh, you know, up and running and, and, and get the confidence of the, the fan base who are a little bit down on the offense. So I think he's going to have a big game. I'm going to take Georgia Tech. I hope they don't start Jeff Sims. Uh, Jordan Yates has been better uh, this season when he's played. I know Sims only played a little bit. If they play Sims, I'm taking Clemson, but I'm going to pick Georgia Tech because I do think Yates might get the start. Uh, Tulsa at number nine, Ohio State. Ohio State looking to bounce back 24.5 point favorites. Yeah, Ohio State's going to, you know, use this opportunity to try to prove that their defense is actually good and their offensive line can block. So they'll win this game by 40, uh, but they still got a lot of work to do. All right, a couple other quick ones. Georgia Southern at Arkansas. I'm going to take Georgia Southern to cover the 23 and a half. Really? Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It won't be a close game, but there's this letdown factor, you know, after you storm the field. You know, it's not going to be nearly as exciting for Georgia Southern. All right. South Carolina at number two, Georgia. Georgia, 31 and a half point favorites. Uh, give me Georgia. I'm, I'm not going to play around with them anymore. I'm going to take Georgia to cover 31 and a half. Yeah, same. I think it's, it's going to be ugly. Uh, Virginia at North Carolina. North Carolina, an eight point favorite. 
Give oh, this is tough because Virginia has been a bet against Virginia twice, lost twice. North Carolina, give me North Carolina to cover that eight. Okay, I'm actually going to take Virginia. I really like what they're doing offensively. Smart. Very creative. I like their. I just like they're using all types of different quarterbacks and stuff like that. So uh, I like that one for sure. Uh, all right, Auburn at Penn State, maybe the game of the week. Penn State a five point favorite. I'm going to take Penn State. It's a whiteout. Uh, they're going to cover the five. That's a whiteout. That's all I keep it's hearing. So it's so amazing. The whiteout's so amazing. Don't downplay the whiteout. Congratulations. You guys are all wearing the same T-shirts. It's, are you any louder than the Iron Bowl or something it's like that? It's so cool looking. It's oh, awesome. Auburn's going to come in there. Uh, they're going to be just, listen, they're, they're, it, they're not going to be able to hang. Penn State's going to win by 10. Uh, no chance. Give me Auburn. I'm not even like Auburn money line. Uh, Tulane at number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a 14-point favorite. Low, low spread for me. I think uh, Ole Miss should cover the 14, but, man, the over 76, I would take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I like Ole Miss as well uh, to cover that one. Arizona State at number 23, BYU. BYU, a home underdog, which is crazy. Yeah, give me BYU. I, they shouldn't be a home dog, and I think they could win outright. Yeah, I agree. I liked them last week. I, I called it on the show that for them to take them money line. That one did cash. I liked it again here. Iowa State, somehow number 14. Yeah. At UNLV, 31-point favorites. Uh, it's just tough because UNLV is just a treacherously horrible football team. Um, I just don't know if Iowa State on the road can – you know, cover a 31 point line. Give me UNLV. Yeah. UNLV covered last week against Arizona state. I like them to cover this week. And last but not least, uh, Fresno state at UCLA, UCLA 11 point and a half favorite. Mike, take a pick. I'm taking Fresno state. Okay. I'll take Fresno state too. That wraps it up. Thanks for watching us. Be sure to check us out next week as well.